good evening. Welcome to tonight's edition of Resistance TV. I'm delighted this evening to be welcoming Alexi Sale to join us. Uh, he really needs no introduction from me, but I'm sure people know of his uh, uh, outstanding record as a uh, comedian, a podcaster, a broadcaster, writer, and uh, most important for tonight's uh, discussion is his role as an activist. But uh, are you there, uh, Alexi? How are you, mate? Um, I'm here, yeah. Okay, uh, so yes. Good. Very, and how are you, mate? Are you okay? Hey. <laughs> are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Great stuff, great stuff. Listen, let's just sort of talk a little bit, because I was talking to Linda, your partner, and she was telling mm -hmm. me that you've been doing a bit of filming uh, in uh, Wales and, yes. uh, last last month. Uh, are you able to reveal what it is? What, what well, the delights are waiters? I don't know how much, you know, I can reveal. Um, <laughs> the BBC may wish to uh, launch, but I, I'll tell you, well, there's two shows, really, isn't there, that that shoot in Cardiff. One is Doctor Who and the other one is uh, Casualty. So right. I'm not in Doctor Who, so I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll just say that. that I, yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm guest yeah. lead, I think it is, in several episodes of Casualty, which should be coming up, I think, in um, in about four weeks' time. Should start my storyline. Well, we'll, 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 we'll look out for that then. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's... Uh, it's uh, it's a it's a spread, you know. It's a broad portfolio. I have, you know. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see <laughs> that. Yeah. I know that you. I mean, uh, we were just saying before we came on air. There, I mean, you've had a a long uh, uh, record of uh, being involved in broadcasting, and um, mm -hmm. uh, just saying about there's a young friend of mine who had not heard of the the comic strip, the mm. the wonderful uh, series that was on. I think it was the 1980s, wasn't it? And I was just. Uh, mm -hmm showing him that episode that was done about the miner strike where you played a Welsh miner who'd uh, written a screenplay about the strike and then Hollywood yeah. bought it and totally corrupted the storyline. Just tell us a bit about that, Alexi, because yeah. I think it's available on YouTube. And uh... Yeah, it's available. Uh, yeah. It, it, well, this, it was the comic strip, for those of you who are too young, was a kind of collective of, of comedians uh, uh, me, I didn't join the first actually. Well, it was based at the club we were at, but it was me, Rick Mayall, Adrian Edmondson, Nigel Planer, Peter Richardson, who was in charge of it, Dawn French, Jennifer Saunders, Robbie Coltrane, and then we'd also get in you know, the big guest stars. I was watching one the other night with um, Kate Bush was in it, and uh, and was, uh, that about, was that about the GLC? Uh, no, no, it was about, it was one of the weirder ones. Some Because they made these, they were all one-off films and some of them were nuts. This was what, I can't even really remember making it. Well, Tim McInerney yeah. was in it as well. And the, um, Amanda, uh, Amanda Richardson, and uh, Amanda Richardson played my wife, I think. And um, it was about a wedding and then the, 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 the bride's family and the, um, the bride's family and, and the groom's family all just suddenly pulled out guns and started shooting at each other. <laughs> so it's basically right. a gunfight for an hour. Uh, yeah, but yes, yeah. yeah, so the, but the uh, strike was one of the more accessible of the comic strip films. It won Golden Rose of Montreux and um, it won a lot. I think it won a lot of awards. I don't know whether it won a BAFTA that year as well, but it was. I think it was probably the highest rated of the comic strip films. And it's just a brilliant idea, really. Which is, it's a, it's a, it's a political satire in a sense about. It's also a satire about Hollywood, about how, um, you know, they they take, uh, you know, they take a kind of real life story and kind of, you know, kind of make it stupid, really. I mean, the, the 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 I mean, the thing I liked about my own performance was in that. I mean, I'm not the most subtle of actors by any means, but in, in that ep in that one, I was kind of underplaying it because I just played the um, the writer, so I actually played it quite subtly. Whereas Peter and Jennifer and um, Rick and uh, were giving these kind of really uh, big performances, which was the right way to do it, and, to, and I was the kind of still centre of it. But it's a uh, it's a very funny film. I say there's a, you know, of the comic strip films, it's probably the best one, really, along with the movie Supergrass. 
Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I certainly don't. I, I, I love some of the scenes, you know, where Al, Al Pacino is Arthur Scargill and uh, was it Robert <laughs> Coltrane? There's a line where he's driving this motorbike and said, there goes the fastest trade unionist in the West. And it was uh, it's just outstanding. But, you know, that, that whole era, though, uh, Alexi, I mean, there was, uh, there, was a, there was a lot more sort of, uh, I don't know, political uh, theatre, I suppose, the best way of putting it. You know, that, that kind of, you know, like the comic strip and there was uh, Saturday Night Live and uh, mm. don't, we don't seem to have that anymore, do we? I mean, what, what's gone wrong? Or, or, or maybe, maybe you think we do have. I mean, I don't know. But it just, I don't know, there just seems to be a lot more uh, of that sort of political movement in the in the arts uh, back then than, than there seems to be now. Maybe yeah. it's me. Maybe it's me just getting older. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, it, I mean, I think there was. I mean, clearly, I mean, there wasn't a huge amount, really. But, there, I mean, obviously... Initially, in in, in in 82, there was, and then 80, you know, or the early 80s, there was two uh, series that I was, you know, lucky enough to be involved in, both of which were revolutionary. And one was The Young Ones, and yeah. one was uh, The Comic Strip. And, uh, you know, it was, it, it, I mean, they, that obviously, those two shows both came out of that, t the tiny little comedy store that opened in 1979. And, and yeah, there was a, you know, there was just this burst of kind of creativity. Um, and I suppose, I, I, but then I guess, you know, I, I guess over the years, the, the, the comedy, you know, the comedy industry kind of got corporate, really. It, it matured or... Mm, mm. Um, You're still I a radical, is, though. I mean, I think it's... I think, I mean, hmm? I was going to say you're still a radical, though, and, and some of the uh, yeah. You know, I'm not casting any aspersions, but some of the people have you know they kind of moved on, and you know, and some seem to have lost their way entirely. Uh, that were involved yeah. in that movement back then, you know. Yeah. Um, so you know, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> how well, do we yeah. account for that? Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a mixture of reasons for that. I um, I guess because I was the only one of of, of that crowd who you know I. My my parents were in the Communist Party, and so I had a, you know, I I, I was kind of embedded. I always say I, you know, I invented, I inherited my Marxism like a kind of dukedom, you know. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Or you know, maybe a People's Commissar appointment. So I was the only one who was really embedded in the left in that way. Uh, all the others were, you know, nice middle class kids by and large, really. Uh, yeah. My gang. And so I suppose, so and you know, there was that thing where, which I don't, you know, some I think some comedians also, because you know, pretended to be left wing when, in their heart of hearts, yeah. they were. And there's, there's also you go on a lot of people go on that journey where they, you know, you start out all radical and young, and and then you just kind of slow down and get old and kind of reactionary. Uh, I, I mean, I just never really wanted to go on that journey really i always just thought it was more interesting to try and um to remain radical really and and it's also it's you know in it, i mean it's it's also that there's a kind of loyal audience that stayed with me on that and i've also added in younger people who are interested in it, in seeing this kind of old bloke of nearly <laughs> 70 bouncing around the stage shouting about you know dialectical yeah. and historical materialism so yeah i was never interested really in in in, in going on that journey of of kind of um uh you know selling out really in a way which is not to say that i haven't made terrible terrible mistakes and been in some shocking garbage uh yeah so you know it's not like i'm i, I, I wouldn't present myself as an exemplar but i didn't you know and i've also i've done financially you know, I can't pretend that I'm, you know, I haven't, you know, I've, you know, made a fair amount of money out of, of, of what yeah. I've done over the years. But I was always, I mean, for me, it seemed to be that if you're going to be an entertainer, that it was, there was no, there was no point in being a niche entertainer that I wanted to be as, as popular as possible, that I wanted to be big time. You know, I wanted to be on the telly, you know, in the cinemas, you know, and playing the big venues. You know that while, but yeah. while still not diluting my the kind of 
the strangeness and the and the left wing politics of 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 my act. Well, I think you've 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 certainly kept true to this. My opinion, anyway, certainly kept uh, true to that. And I mean, and that that journey that you say that a lot of people go on as they sort of uh, become more right wing and reactionary as they get older. I mean, I, I I like you. I mean, I've been going in the opposite direction. I mean, I remember reading what Harold Wilson once said about Tony Benn. He said he immatures with age, and I think maybe yeah. that's me. I don't know whether that applies to you as well, Alexia, but yeah. that's a good thing. I mean, you know, it's a young well, heart, eh? Yeah, no, I've well, I mean, stayed. I mean, I think, that, you know, I mean, as we saw when Jeremy was elected as the leader of the party, there's a real appetite for the sort of politics that, you know, that he was advocating uh, out there. And... You know, the, I don't know if you saw that thing with Giles Brandreth looking for secret socialists in Guildford in the home counties. And mm. uh, he was stopping these people on the street and asking them if they thought we should get rid of tuition fees and bring the railways back into public ownership and kick the privateers out of the National Health Service, etc. Um, clamp down on tax evasion and so on. Uh, and they were universally, all of them, saying, absolutely. And he was saying, well, you're a secret socialist. Then. And they were saying, well, what do you mean? And he's saying, well, these are the policies of Jeremy Corbyn. He had a clipboard with him where he was asking these questions. He turned it around, there's a big picture of Jeremy. And they kind of stood back, you know, some of these people. Yeah. But the point about that was, though, I mean, obviously, the, you know, the press had got to work in, in demonising Jeremy. But, the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the policies were, 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 were popular. And uh, yeah. just to kind of get into the politics a bit now, I mean, I saw you on Socialist Telly earlier part of this year. It might have been back end of last year. I can't remember now. But you were saying then that you were more hopeful about the prospects for a uh, an alternative socialist party now. I mean, are you still hopeful and optimistic yeah. about that? Well, I to a degree. I mean, to a degree. I was never. I mean, I was never that interested really in parliamentary politics. It was only really Jeremy. I never really knew much about the Labour Party apart from really kind of not liking it, which I think was probably, in a way, justified. But. Um, so it was only when Jeremy got became leader of the Labour Party that I took an interest, really, both in in really in in, in you know democratic you know, parliamentary politics and uh, and in the Labour Party. And but I mean, so you know, given that you know since since he's gone, I I still in a way remain. I'm more I'm more interested in 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 in, in you know, democratic politics than I was in a way. Um, and uh, I mean, I think I was partly because he just started that whatever it's called, J Truth and Justice Foundation. Mm. I, I thought that there might be a point there where you know the socialist campaign group would have the courage to break away and form a kind of socialist party. Really, that's obviously failed to materialise. So, but I was yeah. talking to um, I was talking to Kerry Ann Mendoza at the. Uh, you know, the Canary is a friend of mine, I think yeah. you know as well. And she was saying that, yeah, that there was a lot of interest in, and which kind of makes sense, really, that there was a lot of interest in that the way forward might be in terms of local parties, uh, you know, small parties that are kind of, in a sense, based around, you know, regional groupings. They're not national parties. And I, because I do think the kind of the idea of the national—I don't know whether it's, whether your party is—I don't know if I'm introducing your party, whether it's a national party. Well, we haven't we haven't set a party up yet, Alexi. Yeah, well, we, well, we, okay. we, we, no, we we are going to determine that at the conference right. that you're going to uh, uh, come to. You, you 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 agreed, if you remember, <laughs> in in October. Uh, um, but yeah, we're going to put it to the members as to whether or not we should start the process right. to uh, register yeah, as a political party. It was an interesting idea that you you have. Um, that possibly you could a way round the various, you know, that a national party is too unwieldy. In a sense, it attracts the wrong people because it attracts people who are interested in power. Uh, but if uh, it, it makes you vulnerable, really, to the mainstream media. But perhaps if you could have various local parties, but all the socialist parties, and obviously the the Northern Independence Party seems to be a Kind of prototype for that that it seems they and i i did um socialist telly with thelma walker who seems lovely really who's their candidate in hartlepool and they you know i i don't you know they, they seem very light on their feet uh there's a lot of humor in their campaign and i wonder whether you know i mean one of the if you're working on a local level i mean one of the things it seems 
maybe did for Jeremy was all this kind of face, this targeted Facebook ad advertising, these smears. And one of the only ways, if you if you're working on, if you're just working in a local neighbourhood, if you can talk to everybody, and you know personally meet them and convince them, you know that you're not a demon as a socialist, then maybe that's the way forward. I don't know really. It's, I thought it was I was I was very I was very taken with the idea when Kerry Ann talked about it. Really, and I'd like I'd certainly well, like. Northern Independence Party do well in Hartlepool, I think. Well, me and all. I mean, we've endorsed uh, the uh, Resist Movement for a People's Party, which is yeah. our organisation. We, we, we've endorsed her overwhelmingly, actually. We, we asked members and they overwhelmingly. Yeah, uh, she's lovely. I mean, she's really, I mean, she also embodies. I mean, one of the things I've. <clears throat> I mean, one of the things I talk about on my podcast as well is just how. One of the things that I just. You know, it's just how. I mean, how horrible people are on the right wing. Labour Party, but uh, yeah, yes, horrible yeah. people. And, and whatever mistakes we make, people on the left are nice people. And I think Thelma seems to embody that. You know that she seems like an yeah. extraordinarily decent person. You know. So, what? What? I mean, one of the things. One of the things that we're hoping. Well, I'm hoping certainly. Anyway, uh, it makes me see what what our members uh, decide. Um, I was actually against establishing a, a political party initially because I felt the most important thing was to build a grassroots movement. But what I've suggested is that what we need, a bit like what you're just saying there, really, Alexi, is that um, we need to find a way on the left of outside the Labour Party working in collaboration with each other. Because the thing, and you'll know this from, I think, your history in the movement, the thing that we're brilliant at is pointing out the, the failings of other left-wing uh, factions. And we spend all our bloody time uh, criticising them because they're not pure enough, rather than recognising, actually, there are a lot of more things that we agree with each other on. Yeah. And I've said that if we're going to have any chance of success electorally, and I, as I say, I don't think we should put all our eggs in an electoral strategy anyway, although obviously electoral strategy is important, we've got to start really finding a way of how we can of collaborating on the left. Do you yeah. think there's any hope for that? Do you think there's any hope for that? Yeah, I always say, well, you know, when I was a Maoist when I was very young, and the people that we had, I was in a, an organisation called the Communist Party of Britain, brackets, Marxist, Leninist, and the CPBML. And the people we hated more, more than anybody else in the world wasn't, you know, the Tories or the fascists or the Labour Party. The people we hated more than anybody else was the Communist Federation of Britain, <laughs> we hated them, you know, they were, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's the, I mean, that the first time I saw the, you know, the life of Brian with that, you know, people's popular, yeah. things, you know, you, you've got to say, you know, that was us, particularly on the, on the, on the, on the Marxist Leninist left, you know, so yeah. I guess probably, I mean, I suppose <clears throat> if in a sense you're not competing nationally, so if you're just the, the Derby People's Party, then if the, um, you know, if the um, uh, Leicester People's Party, you know, are not, you're not directly competing with them. If you have ideological differences, that they, they don't feel as, they're not as pointed if they're just a sister party to you, as it were. And mm -hmm. so perhaps it, it doesn't, you know, if you, if the, if you're locally based, then there's not the same, you know, if you're a national party then you're competing for the same small you know, pool of people in a way so you've there's an inclination to be competitive if you're only based in your area then you don't have the same impetus to to to, to create uh, ideological differences i think so perhaps you know that local party idea might help with that the collaboration yeah, as well, you know i guess and even a even a national party needs to in my opinion anyway it should be like a federated structure so that you know people can come up with I mean, be guided, obviously, by the underlying values and principles, but find their own solutions in their own local area. You know, I think that's that's the key thing. One yeah. of the things I was really keen on when Jeremy talked about this uh, community organising that the party was going to get involved in, never really kind of did it effectively. And they were being, you know, they were being undermined anyway, as we know. But yeah. that's, I think, that's that's the way to to go, I think. And, uh, you know, hopefully if we can if we can pull that off, then, then you know, who knows? I mean, that all those people that were inspired by the agenda that Jeremy put forward, I mean, haven't disappeared into the ether. They're still around. And no, I guess no. it's trying to find a home for them, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, I was, you know, that's the, I mean, I always think that that's my audience. And also, I mean, that's one of the great <clears throat> scandals of the demonization of the left, really, that, that, you know, I, you know, I think of, you know, I talked about it on, I think on my radio show about, you know, those, you know, I think of, you know, those two million people who, who, who marched against the war in Iraq, you know, and then there's another million people who, who were going to march against the war in Iraq, but they had to go to Morrison's first to buy some <laughs> coriander. And then, you know, you, get, you know what the car park's like in Morrison's. By the time, by the time you got out of the car park, the coaches had left. You know, so you, you've got a kind of constituency. You've got a yeah. kind of constituency of two, three, four, five million people who have progressive, internationalist, socialist ideas. And at the moment, apart from my radio show, they're completely locked out of, uh, you know, which is fine by me in a way, you know. It, <coughs> sorry, I've got, I was, uh, there's a tip, young comedians, uh, if you're thinking of going on a left-wing podcast, don't eat nuts just before you <laughs> I like to kind of inspire young comedians and give them little yeah. tips. Yeah, absolutely, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. My, apart from, uh, you know, apart from being a socialist, I would say don't eat nuts before you go on a podcast because... Um, <laughs> They get stuck yeah. in your gullet, which is what's happening to yeah. me. So and you end up coughing as well. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah. yeah, you know, there's a there's a there's a few, you know our, our opinions are shared by millions and millions of people who are completely locked out of the discourse at the moment, are demonised as racists and fascists, and um, yeah, it's all well. I mean, you I, know. it is, and uh, you know, many of the people that were uh, targeted, of course, are uh, long-standing anti-racists. I mean, I was active in the Anti-Nazi League, for example, in the nineteen seventies, and uh, I was a bricklayer yeah. back in, the, or an apprentice bricklayer. We used to get, you know, casual racism was quite a thing in the nineteen seventies, and you get racist, you know, comments on the building. So I'd always challenge it. I nearly got my head kicked in more than a few times, and then, you know, fast forward forty years, and then I'm being demonised <laughs> as a as an anti-Semite. Yeah. Um, and that's because right. I wouldn't bow down to the Zionist lobby and I wouldn't abandon people who had been falsely accused of anti-Semitism. People like Mark Wadsworth, the black activist who spent his life fighting racism, introduced Nelson Mandela to the Stephen Lawrence family, was instrumental in the black section. In fact, he led the black section movement in the Labour Party, instrumental in getting the first black MPs elected to Parliament. His whole bloody life is, is kind of defined by anti-racism. Yeah. He's accused us of an anti-Semite. And people like Cyril Chilson, who I've mentioned uh, on previous programmes, whose parents both survived Auschwitz, he was outed, ousted from the party, accused of anti-Semitism. And, you know, I'm Jackie Walker, you know, people are, I just wouldn't, I couldn't, I thought, you know, people say, oh, you know, it's important, you know, keep your platform. I say, well, what's the point of having a platform if you're not going to use it yeah. to stand up for people? Yeah. What's the point of us being there, you know? And uh, that's what really kind of, uh, you know, got me. And 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 it was, it was because I think Jeremy was seen as a threat both internationally in terms of his anti-imperialist stance and his support for the Palestinian people in particular, and obviously a socialist program at home. And so there was very, very powerful forces. And because I was riding in and talking about democratising the Labour Party and making MPs accountable to the members, that was an anathema to them. They couldn't tolerate that. And so I was, you know, number one target. And then they used every dirty trick in the book to, to get me out. And in fact, somebody told me they overheard a group of these characters, these right-wingers, talking in the tea rooms, saying, we want to get... Williamson expelled as payback for the Democracy Roadshow because I was going around the country speaking oh, right. to yeah, yeah. PAC meetings yeah. uh, and there was overwhelming support for that and 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 yeah. in, you know and, and frankly that sadly the trade union leadership and and and, and Jeremy actually didn't didn't yeah. have their uh, courage or the convictions and they didn't push those democratic reforms through and that's what killed him in the end yeah. in my opinion anyway thing, I mean, you I know I mean, you know I mean it didn't even bleed in work you know. For, no. for Jeremy and John, yeah, I mean, it, if you know, sacrificing you, much as I love you, Chris and Jackie <laughs> and Mark Wadsworth, if it had yeah. worked, if in some way you could have been thrown under the bus, you know, as a you know to appease the the Israel lobby, and then they go, yeah, all right, you've thrown, you know, top hat, you know, chapeau to you, sir. We'll stop now. We'll stop with all this, uh, you know, these this weaponized anti-Semitism. If they, but of course they didn't. It just because they're bullies. It just encouraged them to go further and further and further, yeah. and it it, it it was never going to work, you know. Sacrifices. It just, you know, it was just 
<coughs> it no. was just a terrible mistake from the start, really, and just encouraged. No. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it did. It it certainly did. And, uh, you know, the attack on Ken Livingston was the first really high profile victim. Yeah. I mean, Ken, bloody hell, again, another person defined by his anti-racism. I mean, he led the charge, didn't he, on the GLC? I mean, I think in many ways he's probably done more than than virtually anybody in a a public position to advance the cause of of anti-racism through his role on the on the GLC or the Greater London Council, what, what they did. So just in terms of that whole Corbyn project, because, you know, it did create a, a wave. It, it created a, a massive kind of uh, sense of optimism that, you know, change was really possible within the Labour Party. What do you think went wrong? I mean, why did the Corbyn project sort of tank, do you think? Well, I, I mean, because I'm not. I mean, I should, I mean, in a way, first of all, I should you know, define my, my role. I mean, I do the, the, you know, I do these podcasts and a bit, but when you refer to me as an activist in a way, it's, I mean, ultimately it's, it's something that I resist really because my role, you know, is, is as a comedian. So is to be funny about stuff, you know, it's not from time to time because I like, you know, I mean, like, I like, doing like these podcasts like yours and socialist telly and stuff but i resist the 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 impetus to go further because it's you know it's my job to kind of in a way stand on the sidelines and sneer really uh but that's an important thing because you know the, the comedians are the ones who you know point out that the emperor is isn't wearing any clothes yeah. we're the ones who's supposed to uh, you know, I say I said on my podcast. I mean, my podcast is you know, my podcast is a place where I speak truth to power, and I also talk Spanish to a duck. Hola, señor Pato, qué tal? So you know, but yeah. I mean, it, 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 so I, I resist in a way. My, my role is, and I have obviously ideas about what works and what doesn't. My main role is to express that in terms of in terms of comedy rather than any <laughs> any kind of helpful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I mean, what went wrong? I, I you know, I mean, I I I, I don't know. I, it's, I, in a way, it's not for me to say. As I say it's my job is just to stand on the sidelines and yeah, just make fun. Really. Well, talking about your comments about the the emperor not having any clothes. There's a character now who's who start bollock naked, isn't he? And there's the leader of the Labour Party, uh, Keir Starmer. What's what's your uh, what's your take on him? Talk about an emperor with no bleeding clothes. God Almighty! Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I never yeah. supported him. I could see through him right from the outset. And he was one of the yeah, ones that was yeah. throwing me under the bus. And and what he did to you know yeah. his role of Julian Assange and the whole gamut of stuff when he was the director of public prosecutions, etc. Um, but what he claimed in his leadership pitch was complete fantasy totally false and uh, what we've got is is the very opposite so a lot of people you know like mostly on the left thought oh you know we're the the corbyn you know corbynism without corbyn we're never going to bloody up with keir starmer and so it's proved to be i mean what's your what's your thoughts on, on, on i've heard you say one or two things but let, let's for the benefit of our viewers just give us your well, first give of us all a... i have to say that um you know he's actually my mp so if uh, oh, if i've God. got a problem oh, yeah. with my pins my company <laughs> right to the bottom of the pile, isn't it? You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, <laughs> yeah. You know, if I've got a complaint about dog mess on the pavement. That's not getting attended to. <laughs> My MP is not going to. Uh, the things I've said about him, I've really, you know, I've, I, yeah. I, you know, given that he's my MP, I'm. You think you've suffered? Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. in terms of your political <laughs> beliefs, I, uh, I also uh, have suffered trying yes. to. Um, Trying to open my pavement falafel stall, uh, which is anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, I never. Obviously, you you had a much closer, um, you know, relationship with him. You you saw him at work, really. He, uh, I mean, I I did a thing. I mean, one of the weird things that I think I did on that I mentioned on my podcast was that he's in this thing called the Trilateral Commission. That he was the oh, only. Yes. MP who was invited to be a member of the Trilateral Commission. And the Trilateral Commission, I mean, it's not a secret organisation, but the late David Graeber, I think, wrote about it. But it is an organisation that's founded by wealthy, you know, figures, David Rockefeller, I think, uh, Brzezinski, who was, I think, Carter's uh, 
you know, but a, a kind of That's security right. advisor, yeah. you know, and it's it's got very strong links to the security services and <clears throat> banking, and it's an organisation, from what I understand of their prospectus, believes that there is too much democracy, that, that really right. yeah, the democracy just needs to be managed. And Keir Starmer is a member of this bleeding organisation, the only MPs, I mean, what the what, you know? I mean, it's never... It's never mentioned, but you know, I mean, I think that uh, it's also that I, again, I'm, I'm sort of repeating my point. But, you know, people, um, you know, people call him a human rights lawyer. Well, that was a long time ago when he was that, wasn't he? I mean, I always say it's like Hitler was a barman, but you don't say former barman Adolf Hitler. You know, it's like <laughs> no, indeed, yeah. yeah. It's uh, you know, he, he, he's uh, he's done a lot of really bad things since. Well, he has. Uh, I mean. Well, then and since. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, the police crime sentencing and uh, and uh, courts bill, you know, uh, is uh, uh, did I think? Well, I'm not sure if they in the end up did that they did oppose it, but he didn't want to uh, oppose that. Where you know, people protesting if they cause a serious annoyance to somebody, you know, they could find themselves. Um, you know, being charged with it with a criminal offence, but more serious than that, of course, was the uh, the uh, covert human intelligence sources uh, uh, act as it is now, the Criminal Conduct Act, which uh, gives on the face of the bill now. I mean, I guess they were doing this anyway, uh, but now they legitimises criminal conduct by the security yeah. services and the uh, and the police in yeah. the and the various criteria. In fact, I wrote it down to it. The criteria for it, criminal conduct authorization is necessary on the grounds um, if it's deemed to be in the interest of national security, uh, if it's for the purpose of preventing or detecting a crime, you might say fair enough, but also if it's in the interest of the economic well-being of the United Kingdom. Well, my idea of what's in the interest of the economic well-being of the United Kingdom and your idea of what's in the interest of the economic well-being of the United Kingdom is entirely different to the likes of Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak and the you know the neoliberals who hold sway at the minute, and Starmer whipped his MPs to abstain on that, and they did at least put down some amendments, but it's even more egregious when you think about it that uh, he abstained on the bill or yeah. whipped his members to because the amendments were to exclude explicitly. The right of the security services and the police to uh, commit torture, rape, and murder, and that was voted down. So, by implication, then that everything's on the bloody table, and and you know they they abstained on it. What is going on? I mean, it's it's a shocking state of affairs, isn't it? It is really. I and uh, I think I said on socialist telly, I um, I was in a. It's my fault because I was in a charity football with match with him. A couple of oh, years ago. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and yeah. probably could. I mean, he's, he's actually, he's, he's, he's good at playing football. But, uh, you know, if I could have kind of, you know, kind of yes, got him with a hard tackle, I could have. Uh, he could have done. He could have done, yeah. done us a great favour. Although the trouble yeah. is, it would have been replaced by someone else equally as a poor. Yeah. But it, it's, it's hard to know really whether, I don't know whether it's incompetence or whether, you know, his job is to kind of, dismantle the Labour Party or whether it's to just it's just that thing of making it a kind of bland version of the Tory party. I don't know what you think really, what the what his ultimate well, project is really. Uh, well I mean I think in reality the Labour Party, if I'm honest, and I was a member of it for 44 years, but ever since its inception, or certainly since the extension of the franchise in 1918, has been used as a tool of the establishment to give a few crumbs from the table, as it were. And that's yeah. why I think I was so encouraged with Jeremy. I was encouraged when Foot came along, but particularly with Tony Benn, actually, in, you know, in, in the wings when he was going for the deputy uh, leadership. Um, but, of course, they, you know, they were demonised, just as Jeremy was uh, demonised. And at any time, the party seems to get close to getting somebody and a programme which is, uh, you know, really going to transform and tackle the, you know, the major issues affecting uh, people in the country. 14 million people, let's remember, in this country are in poverty in the fifth biggest economy in the world. We've got people sleeping on the streets in every town of the city and all those kind of problems, precarious employment's endemic. It, it, you know, it shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't be happening. And where's the Labour Party in actually arguing for that? You know, that's the problem. And, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, under Blair, inequality got, got worse. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it is a problem. So I think... Um, 
he's sort of returning the party to the uh, a, a, you know a safe pair of hands, as it were, a, a kind of uh, yeah a Tory and party march to and. Yeah, you can see the Labour Party has always been a device whereby the socialist, you know, impulses of, <coughs> you know, the British working class was siphoned off into kind of endless, pointless meetings, really, and kind of, I refer that motion back to my executive committee. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's a composite yeah, yeah. motion that I'm referring to uh, on yeah. Thursdays, I usually stick my head in a bucket. I mean, it's um, yeah. whether yeah. it's in fact yeah. to, to tie the working class down, to siphon off there into kind of you know manage you know into kind of endless kind of process, really. And uh, you know, it, it you could see its function is to, is to ensure that you know nothing ever happens really radical and. It's become very managerial, absolutely. I mean, I was leader of the council in Derby for a number of years, and, uh, you know, we were trying to, you know, sort of fly the flag of municipal socialism still. And uh, in the teeth of the of the uh, uh, the new Labour government, I mean, there was no real support uh, for that. And uh, they've hollowed out local government. You know, the days of the GLC and Lambeth Council and Liverpool and Claycross up the road from me a bit, bit before that, you know, you know, Labour and local government was, was a real bastion, actually, and a real bulwark, actually, against uh, Thatcherism in the early days. But that's all kind of gone now. I don't really see that anymore. And there are, op there are opportunities. That's one of the things that we've been pushing as our movement, which we hope to ratchet up a bit now that the lockdown seems to be lifting, in terms of pushing local authorities to be doing more than, than they are doing at the moment. But I don't think there's yeah, much of an I mean, appetite. I mean, it is, you know, it does, you know, we kind of think we live in a democracy, but if you think about you know, when the GLC presented a kind of socialist alternative to Thatcher, she just abolished it. I mean, how, yeah. how undemocratic is that? How, you know, how yeah. Soviet, how, how yeah. South American is that? When rather than saying, well, you know, there's a there's a parallel, you know, there's a there's a there's a there's a movement here, there's a city that's presenting a different example. Maybe I'll exist alongside. And we kind of, I mean, I kind of accepted it at the time. Um, but you just think that's breathtakingly undemocratic. Yeah, too. it is absolutely because absolutely. you challenge conservative wisdom that she abolished it. You know, staggering. And you know, I think that the idea that we live in a kind of a, you know, that challenges the idea that we live in a democracy, really, because, uh, you know, and it's also, I mean, it was, it was a shock to me. I mean, in a way, I mean, I've found artistically, I've found the last few years of the kind of dismemberment of Jeremy. Uh, you know, as a, as an imp you know, artistically, I found it as a kind of spare, really, because uh, it made it just makes it made me so angry, really, and it obviously makes my audience angry as well. But also, I mean, even I was shocked about how all the how the all the um, elements of the establishment, you know, every level were kind of used to destroy. To, to, to smear Jeremy and and, and, and socialism yeah. in general, you know, and also obviously all the, you know, most comedians went along with it as well. I was surprised that, you know, how kind of cowards yeah, uh, the yeah. show business was. I mean, who believed that? The show people in show business could be cowardly. <laughs> yeah, well, it was depressing. It was depressing. It really was. And, uh, you know, but I mean, going back to Ken, I mean, Ken, Ken demonstrated that, I mean, he was, absolutely pilloried by you remember this obviously we're a similar age uh, mm -hmm. you and i uh, alexi are slightly older than me but he was absolutely pilloried in the gutter press on a daily basis but he didn't buckle and he uh, became i think like a folk hero in london very very popular yeah. i mean and he was um this was at the height wasn't it of the um of the ira uh, campaign and uh, yeah know, he was brokering discussions with with Sinn Féin and so on it was getting pilloried for all that so he was pushing the boat out. like I was saying it on he was using his platform for a purpose not just to kind of draw a salary or for the status such as it is yeah. and um the only way they could they could stop him was but like you say was to abolish the the GLC yeah, yeah so he but abolished he, it yeah, but, but, he abolished it I mean yeah you think a lot of the things that the GLC was pioneering like uh you know anti-rate they are kind of very strong strain absolutely of Absolutely, and gay yeah. rights, you know, and feminism, stuff that's now accepted. But in the exactly, yeah. thinking tabloid press at the time was 
uh, you know, excoriated for the, you know, for, 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 for the GLC's kind of pro-gay uh, policies. Mm. It was lambasted for it. Mm. And now this is stuff that is perfect, you know, is, is you know, part of the kind of fabric of, of yeah. conventional life, really. And well, one of the responses to that, Alexi, you'll remember, was the Section 28, wasn't it? You know, yeah. where, uh, you know, this was the thing about uh, clamping down on talking about sexuality and, uh, and gay yeah. relationships in schools, you know, in case yeah. it will infect the kids. It's absolutely bloody disgusting, you know. Yeah. But I think that was, a, that was a kind of right-wing response to the sort of stuff that, that and it wasn't just Ken, obviously, I mean, the, and the GLC, others were doing it, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was a, it was a weird time, really. But I think in many ways we're in a worse position now. I don't know what you think. Uh, just before I bring uh, uh, Lizzie in to get a uh, reaction from our uh, audience, um, as I've said, you know, we're a similar age, you and I, uh, uh, Alexi. I you mean, look a lot better. You... I think you'll be with your <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the vegan diet, comrade. That's yeah. it. The vegans it's are going to inherit the earth. The vegans yeah, will inherit yeah, the yeah. earth. That's very uh, impressive. Let's be about that, yeah. You wouldn't think you were eighty-six. I mean, you are. <laughs> Next birthday, mate. It's not till next year. I'm not 86 until next year. What are you talking about? Uh, but uh, anyway, no, we, yeah. we, we are we are a similar age. And yeah. um, I just wonder, just before I bring Lizzie in, though, if you could just give us uh, your thoughts on how you think the challenges facing us today compare with the challenges, the political challenges and artistic challenges, I suppose, uh, that you were confronting when you were kind of starting out, you know, in, in the kind of 70s and the and the 80s. Is it is it well, it's certainly different, I think, but is it more problematic? Is it more difficult? Were they more, were they more deep-seated then? Or, or, or how do you think? What, I mean, what's your, what's your perspective I, I think, on that? I think we're in a much darker time now. Uh, I think that things are, you know, it, it, you know, they'll if you if you say the wrong thing politically, they'll go after your job. You know, they'll go after, they'll you know there are coordinated campaigns to um, to attack people. You know, uh, it's much more problematic. Uh, you know, the the, the um, I think the media is more cowardly than it used to be. I mean, and I have to say, although you know, I mean it. I mean, BBC. I have to say that BBC Radio Four have been absolutely fantastic to me. I mean, that they, mm. they are mm. a marvel, and they've always encouraged me. And um, so, you know, I'm, you know, you, you can, you know, I can, in a sense, I'm whining about being excluded from the media while having a radio show that goes out to four million people. So, you know, there's, a, <laughs> there's an element. But I think, by yeah. and large, that there is that we do live in a much more vicious kind of ideological climate now it, it, it's very um it's very pro problematic really it's not in your yeah well i mean one of the things i mean well you know in my day it was you know in the 80s it was it was it was in your interest to act left-wing you know it, it helped your career i'm not sure it does anymore really mm. uh, you know and, one uh, thing yeah i was just going to say Alexa, the one thing though which is encouraging uh is that the way in which people mobilized just this week against the bloody Super League nonsense, yeah. it just shows that the power of solidarity, you know, when people come together and recognize that, the, the, you know, the, the, the strength that they have in their own hands by linking arms and st sticking together, you know, the old labor movement maxim, you know, unity is strength. It really is strength. Yeah. And there's a, that's demonstrated it. If only I mean, we could yeah. kind of bottle that, and use it for wider goals, for greater well, goals. Yeah, you know, exactly. to... I mean, the one thing, the left's got to, you know, learn some bleeding lessons from this, you know, because yeah. it's not the old ways of working don't work, really. No. It's got to, you know, you either, you kind of carry on with the same old kind of boring kind of proceduralism and jargon or, and, um, you know, kind of, you know, kind of become 19th century kind of, you know, yeah. attitude hasn't changed since Marx and Engels. Or you, you find new ways, light-footed ways to do it. You know, because it's not gonna, the old ways are not gonna work. So if if lessons are learned, then that's the only point of a of a defeat, really, is to is to is to learn the lessons and not do the same cr stupid crap again, really. Uh, whether yeah, the left absolutely. is capable of that or not. 
we will see. Well, we're going to do our best to try and uh, encourage that uh, using our good officers, such as they are. We've got several thousand members. We are still a small acorn at the moment. But, you know, giant oak trees grow from small acorns, don't they? We hope to grow a forest. So let's see how that goes. Let me bring in uh, Lizzie and uh, just uh, give a shout out to uh, Sean Bloor, who is normally our uh, moderator who comes in at this stage. But Sean's uh, not very well. So if you're watching, Sean, I hope you get well soon, comrade. And we look forward to having you back on the show soon. Over to you, Lizzie. What's been the reaction from our audience then? Hello. Uh, the reaction has been fantastic. Everybody's like, why don't we see Alexi every day on some <laughs> social media events? Why Why aren't you on Navara Media was one question, but I think you answered that at the beginning. You don't want to be labelled as an activist. Well, yeah, and they haven't asked me. I mean, I like, <laughs> I like Navara Media, so... I would. I, I just. I. I could do more of this stuff. It. 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 It, it is. You know. It is. To some extent. I don't want to. You know. Also, I don't want to do dilute the the mystery, darling. I don't want to make myself too too <laughs> available. Sure, People will see <laughs> if I do too much of this stuff. They'll see what a kind of boring asshole I really am. So, you know. I would, you know, I'd be I wasn't nodding my head in agreement there at all. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think that Labour will be able to beat the Tories at the next election uh, with Starmer as leader? I doubt it. I mean, I, 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 you know, I mean, it may, I mean, Boris may implode. Um, who knows? I mean, I'm, 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 I'm always wary of making um, predictions after I said, uh, you know, after predicting the 80s shoulder pads we're going to be big in 2020 so um <laughs> since then i've uh i've resiled from futurology but uh i think it's unlike i mean even even if they do win what's going to be the bleeding difference really yeah. absolutely no difference and we've got a lady called elaine who says that she met you 30 years ago on hammersmith high street and told you that your hat was great and you were rather sexy <laughs> and now her sons, Jed and Noah, think that you are marvellous and well, what this is podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well that's um, you know, I mean often when I do when I was doing I was two thirds of the way through a tour when uh, the pandemic struck, you know, one of the one of the things that I found um uh you know very encouraging was that I I, I never wanted to be, you know, a, an act that only appealed to people my own age and one one of the things that's thrilling is that there's a lot of young people there and there's a lot of family groups you know that come there's like fathers and daughters and mothers and sons and grandkids grandfathers and grandkids come to see my show and they're all you know it, it's it, I, and I find that tremendously you know um I, I find that tremendously encouraging really that that happens really so thank you Elaine well, and apparently you were on bottom. No, I was never on bottom. That was. Uh, I didn't think you were. No, no, people often mistake me for uh, any fat bloke. Like people often, <laughs> any fat bloke who's in a film, they say, "Oh yeah, you were in Harry Potter." Probably <laughs> Coltrane. So any you fat bloke, they think I'm, you... I'm in. I've been <laughs> in. Sometimes it's Omid Dajili. People. Somebody said to me, you know, we loved you in um, Oliver in the West End. You know, we loved watching. And that's Omid. It wasn't me. You sat through this <laughs> musical for two hours, and you thought I was. You thought I was faking. <laughs> Who do you want for London Mayor? Oh, uh, I don't. Oh God, I don't know. Is there anybody? Is there anybody decent for London Mayor? I haven't really been. Uh, yeah. There's a there's drill, a, the drill minister. The, that's it. That's him. The drill minister. The right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm. You know. I. I often. You know. I'm, I do. You know, I'm in. A, I'm in a drill music ensemble myself. Um, no, I'm not really. Uh, <laughs> so, what do you play? The washboard. <laughs> play the drill, obviously. Uh, um, but I, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, Sadiq is. Uh, I mean, he, there, there are worse people than Sadiq, but uh, he, he's obviously a bit of a, a kind of centrist Labour, isn't he? He's, he's um, uh, uh, you know, but I don't. I get, yeah, I again, I don't, don't. 
If anybody's tempted to take my recommendation, don't. I'm an idiot. <laughs> You're not thinking of standing yourself, then? <laughs> no, 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 very much. No, I think that that would be, um, you know, I would make a terrible politician, really, because I'm, because I'm, I can't, you know, I can't be serious. Can't. People want, you know, rightly in a sense, they want serious <laughs> seriousness in a speech, and I just say, say stupid stuff, so... You know, I'd probably attack my own audience, so it wouldn't. It wouldn't oh, they voted for an actor, wasn't it? Not, uh, not a comedian. What do you think of Nip? That's the northern. Yeah, no, what I was saying before. Yeah, no, I'm. I, I think what I've seen so far, I like. I saw Philip Proudfoot being interviewed on Navarra, and I thought she was really good. I met Thelma over Zoom, and she seemed like a lovely person. And uh, yeah, you know, I think that I think they're hopefully the way forward. I hope that they do well in, in Hartlepool. Who would you campaign for if you were in Hartlepool? Well, you know, that's I, I think that... Um, Are you still in the Labour Party? Cause you... No, I've never been in the Labour oh, Party. Right. I mean, no, no, no. So like said, like, you know, I think it's important. I mean, it's only... I think it's important that um, comedians stay outside party politics, really, because we have to be... We have to be free to criticise anybody. So, um, um, you know, I do... Yeah, I always said if if uh, you know if, if Jeremy ever got into power, I would be I would be horrible about him once he got into power. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's that, that's, that's my job be. really. But it's yeah. also not to endorse people and stuff really by and large. It's not you know you know, you know comedians you know are a healthy society as comedians who really critique society. Mm. Um, yeah, society. You know, and, and criticize everything. Yeah. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't campaign for a party really, but I, I wish them well. And Alan from the TUC, TUSC, that's the Trade Union mm. and Socialist Coalition, he sent you a fan letter in 1982. Uh, can he get a reply, please? <laughs> <laughs> you probably didn't put a stamp on the envelope, the return envelope. Sorry, mate, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm working. Well, you know, I've got so much. Um, I got so much fan mail back in those days. I've just got up to the end of of eighty one. So, uh, <laughs> Alan, yeah, I should, I should be, I should be, I'll be getting into January eighty two. Uh, and if he, I don't know when you sent the letter, but yeah, <laughs> uh, if, he, if he sent it like March or May eighty two, he should get a reply around about twenty twenty five. Oh, brilliant! Well, Daddy Cool asks, did you vote for your MP? Um, Starmer, isn't it? Is Starmer your MP? Yeah, he is. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. Am I, today? I don't know. I've never. I've always been. I've, you know, I've always. When when I was a Maoist, really, our vote, our slogan was, "Don't vote organised for struggle against capitalism." So I never voted really, and over the years, it seemed to me that voting kind of places where voting went on they always look i'd look through the entrance and it was like they all looked like there was all kinds of weird stuff going on you know and it kind of got i kind of got a bit spooked really by you know i thought it seemed like there was all kind and i was always a bit i was always a bit uh you know so in the end it became a bit of a problem for me to vote i think i have voted but very importantly and it doesn't change a lot does it really so I think the answer to that is uh, I'm I'm not going to answer that on the grounds I might incriminate myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Take the fifth on that one. <laughs> What's your take on all the comedians going on uh, Ten Cats Do Countdown with Rachel Riley? Yeah, uh, I. Uh, well, it's you know panels. I mean, it's. I mean, I I I, I certainly. The things that Rachel Riley and her co-op go up to seem pretty obnoxious, really. Um, on the other hand, it's a it's a job, you know. I don't I don't particularly blame them for. Um, um, Would you they offered you enough money? I doubt it, really. Um, I can't stop no, Jimmy Carr's laugh. Can you? Oh, no, it's weird. <laughs> wow, it's horrible. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I I, I can't see me. Uh, I can't think it, but I don't think, you know, in a way, you know, I, I mean, I would, uh, you know, I, I profoundly disagree with her and dislike the things she gets up to, but I think that, uh, 
you know, be pointless. You know, I don't blame anybody for going on that show, really. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think they would want me, but. Uh, <laughs> well, that show isn't about politics, is it? So no, it's not a. It's not yeah. a. No, no. Yeah. So uh, we've got a lot of people saying so good to see you, and please do more shows uh, every day. Um, yeah, well, I've got yeah, I've got my stupid podcast, and um, yeah, yeah, let's talk about that episode yeah. nine. I've just watched um, mm. some of it, and that was out. I think it was today. It was put yeah. out on YouTube. So, how are you getting on with that? Yeah, it's all right, you know. Yeah, it's um, uh, well, I do. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's interesting. I have a, a, you know, I have a kind of sidekick and stuff, and um, he's kind of dragged me into the early part of the twenty-first century. So it, it's, uh, it, it's. Uh, I mean, people, people. <clears throat> I mean, it is, and people occasionally say, "Stop whining about this," but. Uh, you know, I mean, my history was that I would make a show for a major broadcaster, um, you know, and then they would broadcast it to a large audience, and I'd get paid a lot. And then the first time when I heard about podcasting, I thought, well, I have to pay to make it. <laughs> if I took <laughs> away for nothing, how's this work? You know, yeah. I'm still kind of uh, struggling with that, really. I'm, I'm, I'm often quite full of kind of anger because I don't want to do advertising. I haven't got around to doing a kind of Patreon thing, or I might do that. In, but so at the moment, I'm paying money to give my shit away. I mean, yeah. you know, Chris, look at look at how I suffer. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, comrade. I feel your pain. I feel your pain, comrade. Must be a pain. You need to fight for universal basic income, and then you have the freedom to give your shit away for free. Oh, well, okay, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Back to you, well, it's, so it's 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 interesting. I I, I like uh, it, it's it, I like the freedom of podcasting. It's it, it's interesting, really. I think, um, but I I, I am still prefer, you know I'm still also. Uh, you know, my main, I mean, again, my main vent, you know, my main outlet is, is BBC Radio 4. And so. Can people donate to your podcast in any no, way? At the moment, I haven't got round to it. I suppose I should. Um, uh, yeah, complaining about people not paying you and ask them to pay you. <laughs> yeah, but that seems a bit like rude, doesn't it, in a way? <laughs> yeah, it yeah. does, yeah. Like, someone yeah. else to set it up. Yeah, I guess. You know. Lizzie, we're about out of time now, Lizzie. I don't yeah. know if there's any any more that any no, kind of burning that, ones. That we... I was I was going to pass back to you. Um, you know, okay, everybody, right. thanks for mentioning the trilateral commission. Nobody talks yeah. about it anymore. Nobody mentions it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, thanks very much indeed, Lizzie. Thank you everybody for watching. Thank you uh, for coming on, Alexia. Really appreciate that. It's been, yeah, been great to, to have you. Yeah. Keep doing yeah. what you're doing, uh, comrade. Have you got any great plans for the summer now that we're hopefully out of lockdown? Or uh, no, well, no. I'll have to think about. Um, uh, the, the, I'll have to think about uh, live shows. I don't think it's going to be possible this year. There is one. There is, I think, the very pinnacle of my career that's happening in May. I can't. Reveal any more wow. than that? Oh well, there you go. another big, another teaser. <laughs> big, big goddamn thing for me. Thing I've been really? wishing for for 20, 30 oh, years. It's going to happen in May. So, uh, well, we'll yeah, look out for that. We'll look out for that, and uh, yeah, we, yeah. we look forward yeah. to seeing you, uh, Alexia, at conference, at our conference, uh, on the mm -hmm. uh, on the sixteenth of uh, of yeah. October. And, Is it fair? Uh, go somewhere. Second, sorry. Is it fair? Uh, no, you have to get. No, no, we're hoping to have it actually. Uh, no, not in Derby. No, no, it's going to be in Nottingham. Uh, just well, up the road. Yeah. I thought you were going to say <laughs> it's in central London. No, it's mate, no. Well, Derby, we, it's fine. It's in Nottingham. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's, it's fairly straightforward to get to, comrade. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, well, we didn't want to do another thing in London. Everything happens in London, you know. Yeah, we just yeah, sort of yeah. thought, you yeah. know, let, let's because uh, we're trying to yeah. be a grassroots movement. We're trying to kind of reach out into the heartlands and so on. So we just thought, and it's a great venue that we've got. Uh, it's a supporter, and of course, one of the things that we have to be mindful of, as you probably know, uh, there are always attempts whenever I speak anywhere, and there were various other people that are going to be speaking at the event who similarly suffer from this, where there's efforts made by the Zionist lobby to force the 
yeah. proprietors to withdraw permission. I mean, yeah. you know, it's happened lots of times. In fact, on one occasion, we had to hold a meeting in the open air after yeah, various yeah. venues were, in yeah, I mean, and they, they threatened so a worldwide hard. ban on uh, the Holiday Inn. And they even went round, believe it or not, uh, sent, I mean, they had a, a social media, online social media campaign against them, abusive telephone calls. And then two people, believe it or not, turned up in person at the Holiday Inn and made the Holiday Inn, the receptionist, an offer they couldn't refuse. And basically, you know, a, a sort of threat um, that, you know, they, they, they would be sorry if they allowed the venue, if they allowed the event to go ahead, use the yeah. venue for, for my event, you know. So we ended up having it in the open air, but anyway. Yeah, it's so... Uh, uh, that won't happen, that won't happen though, because as I say, the person that we that, that owns these premises is is a good, uh, a solid ally, and uh, it doesn't matter what the, doesn't matter what the, uh, uh, the Zionist lobby or anybody else for that matter does, uh, the, the, the event will go on. COVID notwithstanding, of course, you know. But uh, anyway, that's the end of the show, uh, uh, Alexia. It's been brilliant. It's gone very, very quick. Thank you very much indeed for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for watching. If you've enjoyed tonight's show, and I hope you have, please subscribe to us. Uh, hit the uh, like button and the, and the bell icon. Uh, that helps us, and it helps to ensure that we can reach an even wider audience. So thank you very much indeed for watching this evening. We'll be back next week at the same time, same place, 7 o'clock on Wednesday. So I look forward to seeing you then. Thanks a lot and good night.